When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome back to this week's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. And today I'm joined by a very good friend of mine, Sarah Davidson, or as my mum would refer to you as Spoonful of Sarah. It's pretty much what she just... I feel as though she knows more... Like about what you do on a daily basis. <laughs> I love your mom um, so much. Uh, than what I do, but... Um, is she my number one fan? She what? Is she my number one fan? She is. She's I always... Whenever we have like the... Um, she's going to fucking kill me for talking about this, but every time we have like the kick tour and stuff or and when we catch up, she's like, oh, make sure you um, say hi to my friend Sarah. <laughs> have you guys met? I don't know. I, f- I feel like we're online best friends. Okay. But I would like to bring it, you know, IRL someday. Yeah, someday. <laughs> uh, can you please we'll have me over for dinner? Oh, is she in Horsham still? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So you can go back there if you want. I'll organize Without it. Without you? Yeah. I'll organize that <laughs> no, for you. No, we should do a roadie. <gasps> the four of us should do a roadie. Road trip with the dogs. your parents. Oh my God, that'd be so much fun. And I'm, the I'm down. weirdest thing ever. No, I would not. Road trip back to Horsham so you can meet my parents. Yeah, 100%. Nice. Yeah, don't worry about your actual girlfriend. I need yeah. to meet your parents. <laughs> I need to have the sit down. Well, I love it. I love your mom. She's so sweet. Oh, she'll be stoked with that. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This Thanks for having me, me back. Three. You no. join an elite club of guests for three times on the pod. Has anyone else done three? Yeah, but not many. Not if many. Any. Not many. If any. If any yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a very it's a very small list. Um, so you've I'm joined thrilled. it now. So congrats. Thank you so much. How do you feel? Really privileged. It's an honor and a privilege. Honor and a privilege. Um, really excited to be here. I feel like we just <laughs> chat so much shit and have the best time all the time. And it's yeah, it's been too long. We need to do a CZA as well. That would, nice. that would be nice. That would be nice. I feel like, yeah, we do always have some pretty good convos, which is why I wanted to get you back on. Um, we were lucky enough to spend some time together um, over this past well, past month or so with the with the Keep It Cleaner tour, which was good fun. Yeah, all year actually. It's kind of been speckled throughout. True, we yeah, had first like, half and second half. And they were really intense like every weekend for a whole month of just like – Yeah, I know. And you know when you travel with someone as well, it's like not just – you don't just see them a couple of times in a row in a week. You literally are with them for 48 hours in a row. Yeah, and like eating you, breakfast, you, lunch, dinner. Like just not, that it, we go into this weird. <laughs> was it a bit much or? Not, not at all. It was the best. <laughs> but we go into this like delirious, like old married couple kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I love it. It's good, isn't it? It's really, <laughs> it is good. It is good. Like there's just so many things I reflect on. And I'm like, that didn't make sense. Like we have this whole personal joke about the word temp. Well, and now it's become a lifelong personal joke about how's the temperature. I were in New Zealand and it was hot. It was nice actually. It was a good temp. And <laughs> I've mentioned, I said to Sarah, it's a pretty good temp out here. And, and then, then five minutes later, I was like, did not respond well to it. I've never heard you say the word temp in the whole time I've known you, which 
on your birthday the other day when I went down that wormhole. How good are birthdays, by the way, when you go back to Facebook memories like see friendship and go back to all your back posts and interactions ever when you were blonde? Yeah, I've been blonde a few times. It's been a while. And your, reaction, your reactions to me are exactly the same, which is basically like fucking shut up yeah. and like get that camera out of my face. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, it's been fucking going for a long not time. Not Sarah again. Yeah. But since then you've never said the word temp to me. So I was just like, okay. are you an alien? It's reserved like, for special occasions. <laughs> but then we just thought it was so funny for the next 24 hours to only refer to each other. <laughs> and I don't know what it was, subconscious or whatnot, but I did mention that word again probably like two or three times. And in you the texted same day. me yesterday. I was like, what are we going to talk about on this podcast? And you were like, the temp. The temp. <laughs> How is the temp, DK? Temp's shit, I'll tell you that. <laughs> shit temp outside, that's for sure. Um, what's what's news? I feel like since the last time, well, for the listeners of the podcast, it's been a long time since we spoke. We The last time we had a chat was around book launch, I believe. Like in 2020, did you yes. launch a book? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mid-stage four lockdown. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's. I'm sure you've done a bit since then. Oh, a little bit, a little yeah, bit. A few things. Yeah, what's been happening? Um, I feel like you've done. I feel like you've done a <laughs> fucking a lot actually since then. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! So that was actually our chat during that time was one of the highlights because I launched the book and couldn't go to a bookstore or see it in real life or like there was no book launch. We were just in hardcore lockdown, like full on curfew times. And that chat that we had was just so much fun because it was one of the few occasions where I actually got to get really excited about it. So obviously the book came out yeah, since our season, last yeah. chat. How was, how was the um, response to the book launch and, Amazing. and the feedback around it all? Amazing. It was that typical experience of having a massive vulnerability hangover like the minute that you put something out there and then you have that like oh my god shit I've way overshared I've shared too much (laughs) of my real self like I've oh my god I've opened you up into my world of crazy but then as it started to like one of the good things about launching in a pandemic is everyone was so much more willing to read they were so much more willing to read books and work on themselves and be open to new ideas and also made an effort to give you feedback because they knew that you were on your phone at home doing nothing (laughs) else so you're actually going to reply waiting waiting for their feedback just waiting for the feedback so it was yeah the most lovely experience to realize that you've actually learned some stuff but also that people have followed your journey like Mm. you would have this with the podcast you never get to meet your listeners or very rarely do you meet them in real life so to actually unless you're signing jumpers in New Zealand unless we sign jumpers (laughs) yeah exactly um so that was amazing that was an incredible experience and now still to have people tagging me in you know their revelations and stuff Mm. is just a joy we sold both our matcha businesses since then so that was a huge change of identity but also new chapter and realizing that you know I always come back to that whole idea that your yay or your ultimate best dream life we think it's this static image that's like the destination that you've got to arrive at and I'll be happy then like mm-hmm. when I get there I'll be happy or when I get there I'll be successful it was very much that realization of actually it's a jigsaw puzzle yeah. every chapter looks different and as you go through your life, you add more pieces that you are missing and you get rid of pieces that don't suit you anymore. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Um, that's something that I've been like focusing on a bit over the past week as well is you you have to do almost like a bit of a stock take every now and then in terms of 100%. like what stuff you're doing. Even if like as part of your like identity, you feel like you are enjoying or it's just kind of like it is what it is and I'll just keep adding shit. I think it's super important sometimes to look at the things that are no longer Serving you. That are no longer serving you, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like like last time we talked, the biggest shift has been that 
we at that time my whole identity was still even though I had CZA and was releasing a book my whole identity was still I'm the matcha lady like I'm the chick who has that matcha business yeah and I'm everything I do is about FMCG and supermarkets and margins and product and you know the supply chain and since then my whole life structure and goal has changed from a product business to selling that business and a hospitality business and moving into seize the yay being my full-time gig so yeah acknowledging that that chapter was so amazing but i thought i'd be the match lady forever but realizing actually the bigger the business got the less day-to-day i was doing the things that i love yeah and i think even though you you sometimes reach this point and you we've spoken about this a lot where on the outside it's like your dream it's Mm -hmm. your dream life anyone would kill to have that life but on the inside you're like why doesn't it feel right like why does it still feel like something's missing yeah for sure and i had that for about a year and a half before i was like okay it's stuck around long enough that it's time to make the jump and yeah, and get back to the the bit where I can be around people and talk about and the have stuff that high the energy around everything you're doing. Yeah, yeah and I feel what, like that's back now that CZA is the main focus. Yeah, hundred percent. And we'll we'll dive into a bit more specifically about CZA um, soon. But I wanted to ask you around that whole like identity shift mm. or or change. Um, was there any was there any like practices or exercises or even just prompts or even kind of I don't know internal conversations you had with yourself around like how to deal with that because I feel like a lot of people get stuck like that on the show we've talked so many times to like athletes and stuff Mm. who have either retired or decided they didn't want to play anymore whatever it may be and you're you kind of tie your identity to one specific thing and think that the only reason you have the life you have or the only reason you have the friends you have or whatever it may be is because of this one thing Mm. so was there a bit of that fear and anxiety around kind of shifting out of that obviously you've got a huge um, network of different people and whatnot, but was it difficult in any way? Yeah, a hundred percent. There was a really big um, sort of guilt factor around like, oh, I've built this huge business and it's, it, you know, it's so exciting. I left my corporate job for this and now it's so good, but why do I want to walk away? Like that kind of mm-hmm. like, I feel like a lot of people have had that when something ticks all these boxes on the outside, but it doesn't sit well with you on the inside. There's guilt around that. Like, why do I yeah, not? Why am I not? resistance. Yeah, like, why am I not so grateful? And then you feel ungrateful because you want something different. So there was definitely that. Then there was, and I haven't articulated this a lot, but I feel like you would understand this more than most people, that I thought, well, if I do walk away from Matcha Maiden, am I just an influencer? And I feel like mm. a lot of mums have this. Will I be just a mum? Like there's the word just. Like am I just a blah without the title? Yeah. And I think a lot of people who walk away from titles like editor or CEO or, you know, after the chapter that was your first defining chapter, you're often like, well, what am I left with afterwards? Even mm. though it's an incredible career now, I still kind of struggle sometimes with being like, am I just doing influencer work even though – even if I was, there's nothing wrong with no, that. Exactly. But like, why do I feel that? And there's so much around titles and identity shift and like letting go of that. And also, am I only holding on to this business because of the title? And is that the right reason? I feel like with the whole influencer thing and, um, you know, I'm sure you would agree, but I fucking hate the word, like just yeah. the term like influencer. But when you really like put some thought to it, so let's say you are like influ- influencing people around things that you are like truly passionate about and your own experiences, then when you put it that, like when you think of it in that perspective, it's like that's a fucking awesome thing. 100%. Like to know that like, you know, if you can start to, I guess, correlate the word impact with yeah, it's like an influencer. Impactor. Yeah, an yeah. impactor or something. <laughs> but, but it's so true. It's Copyright like... Copyright Sarah Davidson 2022. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just honestly think that it's like... 
if you're doing something that you love or you're sharing an experience that you know is going to help someone or mm. it's bringing joy to other people's life, then that's fucking awesome. Like what better what, what better is there than that? The, nothing. Know? And I think the fact that the influence that I'm trying to have around CZA is for people to get through self-doubt, get through the fear of failure, mm-hmm. build better networks and have more confidence that they can find something that is joyful and that unites their passions and their professions and that doesn't have to be all about what you should do. That's the best way I could ever hope to influence somebody. And I feel like why Matcha Maiden started to no longer be the best vehicle for me to do that is because my actual influence was less and less. Like the more I got into the boardroom rather than like up the, you know, decision-making level and away from the customer, the less influence I had on people's decisions. So actually becoming more of an influencer Mm -hmm. is exactly where I think I have more of a legacy and like more chance to help someone go from a life they don't really love to one that they really love. So for some reason, there's just such a negative connotation around that word, but actually, actually it's the biggest privilege. And you and I had that, uh, you know, on the kick tour, we were not there because kick is ours, but even still the crossover in that audience, we had people come up who were crying. (laughs) It's pretty cool, isn't it? And that is, like the biggest privilege that someone yeah. is impacted or influenced enough by something you say or do that they cry like that's yeah, it's awesome, incredible. It? Yeah. And it's such a cool feeling. Like if anyone listening, like if you um, ever feel like reaching out to either of us or like if you see people in, in person and I actually go out of my way now, like even if it's just friends or, or people that I know are doing stuff that is impactful to like, bring it up and like and give them recognition because it's like it's such a powerful thing like the other day i was um hopefully this lady's listening actually i was walking through jam factory and um there was this lady she was like walking it was pretty empty in there actually and she was like walking like towards me from the other direction type of thing <laughs> doing the, the, like, the awkward like, thing kind of like, like <laughs> looking at me and i'm just going fuck what have i done now i was <laughs> like have i just like fucking parked in the wrong spot or what have i done <laughs> And then, but she'd actually just stopped to talk, say that she would, um, that she'd Aww. followed my social media and she's like, oh, you know, I get all my daughters to listen to your <gasps> podcast. And, and then she's like, and the swearing. And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. I was like, I was, I was like, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. It's, it's awesome. Like, it's laugh. It's so, so relatable. <laughs> but it's crazy how, like, just that, um, and I by no stretch have like a huge audience. But I think when people see, and people look at someone like yourself and see that you're doing all this incredible stuff or got a big following and got a big podcast and they think like, oh, what impact would me like reaching out to them or like giving them recognition make? Oh, but I don't know about you, but it day. makes like, it's so fucking cool. A hundred percent. And I think that's the other thing that is really hard about the online world. The best thing is that you can reach people anywhere, anytime. Mm. And it's so democratic and like you can have influence. Even if you have a small audience, you can still influence people in such a meaningful way. But the hard thing is that for you personally, you don't get the same feedback as you get in a real life room. So when people actually take time out of their day to leave you a message about one thing you said on the podcast that impacted a decision they made, you're like, oh my God, like I want to frame it every time. Mm -hmm. Like print this and frame it because it's it's the best moment. But it it has been a big time of change like I don't think from the time I spoke to you last to now has probably been the biggest even including leaving corporate to starting business Mm -hmm. this last couple of years I reckon has been an even bigger shift in who I am and what my day looks like and what my focus is and I think the other thing is like I was just 30 I think when we yeah when we recorded last because you'd had I feel as though your 30th was before COVID like lockdown 
I'm fairly yeah. sure. Yeah. So the year, the, earlier the year that we recorded, I had turned 30, got married. Yes. And then a little bit later, started writing the book and then released the book. Yeah. So it was a, already kind of a big period of flux. But then since then, that whole change in focus, mm-hmm. not just selling the businesses, but also becoming like a married couple who are trying to have a family, like all yeah. of those things. Are, we've spoken about this a yeah. lot on yeah, the, yeah, the kick yeah. tour. Like it's wild. That suddenly <laughs> all those things that you'd hear other women speak about in their careers. And you're like, oh, that's so funny. Like having to think about taking a break and have babies and like, you can do both. And like now I'm like, oh my God, that's <laughs> yeah. me now. Like it's weird. Yeah, I can imagine. That's suddenly become a big thing of like, well, now any decision I make has to take account of the fact that I might, you know, hopefully have a baby at some point in the middle of this. And I still feel like a 12 year old. So that's going to be fun. How crazy. Well, and you know, my husband's a 12 year old. So, Oh yeah. 12 generous. 12 generous. 12 is fucking generous. (laughs) (laughs) What from a, um, something that I was like curious about. And I think, um, you know, for anyone who has a business or even let's say people in sport or just actually anyone, fuck it. Anyone. When you have like something you're genuinely looking forward to or putting a lot of time and effort into, in your case, the book, and then you have yeah. the build up to it and then like the whole dopamine and endorphin release around like it all all kind of happening and whatnot. And then obviously now people still read and you get good feedback and whatnot, but was that difficult to have something you put so much focus on and then it kind of finishing? Like I think the best way to think of it for anyone that's listening is like when it's your birthday and you're counting down for like <laughs> fucking ages. Yeah. Not that I was doing that, but um, when when you have like a day where it's kind of like so much dopamine or like a time of your life where there's so much dopamine and then it kind of, you just go back to normal. Was that difficult? Like the come down? Yeah, the come down. The author come down. The author come down. Um, Yes, it was actually... Was it more of a relief? uh, It was actually really, really nice to have a soul focus. Like you would know what it's like to run a business where you're doing so many different things Mm -hmm. that you kind of never really feel like you can just focus on one thing. Like we're always focusing on 85 million things at once. During the book period, it was actually really nice for my priority just to just be one thing. Like my main task was just finish this fucking book Yeah, and everything else had to kind of go on pause. So I really liked the simplicity of just having one job for a little while. That was really nice. And if the come down was anything, it wasn't so much a come down of like, oh, I'm sad it's over because I was so glad it was over. Like <laughs> yeah. it was so much to write 70,000 yeah. words. But it was more like, oh, my God, I miss the simplicity of just knowing what I'm meant to do every day. Like I get up, I know my job is write this mm. you know, X amount of words and then go back to the messy. So it was, a, it was an interesting exercise in like, oh, I need more simplicity. Like I need to get that more. Yeah. But – I think the other thing that's probably not the best is I didn't have a massive come down because I do what I always do, which is then straight away just do something else. Yes. I was like, I didn't, I don't think I gave myself, and I do this all the time, I don't think I gave myself enough time to celebrate it yep. and to just stop and be like, and to even feel a come down. I was like, okay, what's next? Like, yep. oh my God. And so I think that was, it came out September 2020. Yep. To be fair, we were in like the middle of a pandemic, so there wasn't a lot of celebration I could have done yeah. within my 5K radius at home. Yeah. Um, but from that massive party you had, you weren't meant to tell people about yeah. it. <laughs> but th- I just went straight back into the next thing. Like I was just straight back into, okay, what else can I do now? And mm-hmm. I think it was even worse because we couldn't physically go out and celebrate it. Yeah. I just 
yeah, I avoided the come down by running even faster probably yeah. and just going, okay, well, like what else can I do? What's the next momentum? What's my next project? And I, I don't even know what my next project was. I can't even remember what it was, but I just remember going, okay, I can't let the momentum slow down. I need to do the next thing. Yeah. And that's th- not necessarily a good thing. Nah, I think, yeah, I think it's pros and cons to both. Obviously, you know, you and I are hardwired quite similar. I think it's, it's so good to have something else to focus on straight away because it's then, I think for a lot of people, they get fall into the trap of like once I've done it, it's like, all right, that's it. You know, it's yeah. like I've done the work now and yeah. that's it, but then you don't keep moving forward with that momentum. But um, the aspect of having like a sole focus, like that's something that it's super weird. Like there's been periods of time where I have had something that I really need to focus on and I have done that. I kind of blocked everything else out and it's been crazy how much more productive and like focused you can be. But then once it's done, it's like I don't fucking learn from it. And then I'm like, I'm to doing a million things. Same. I haven't had that since then. Yeah. Even though I knew how well it worked when I had one thing to do. (laughs) But the other thing I will add about the come down is one thing that was really hard was – managing my expectations around the whole success thing. Like what was I going to call a success? Was it Mm -hmm. selling 10,000 books? Was it selling 20,000 books? Then having like snippets of information about other books that launched on the same day. Oh, yeah. Like that stuff. The comparison type thing, yeah. The comparison trap. Then the just the metrics. Like I'm so much about moderate your metrics for success so that numbers and finances aren't your only measure Mm -hmm. they're important of course they're important but they're not the only thing that matters like growing your community exposure ticking off a huge achievement in your own world like writing a book even if no one reads it is a massive achievement to get all your thoughts on paper in order is a huge thing and i think i i think i also had a bit of a come down around i hadn't really sat down and thought what's success and what isn't because we're in a pandemic so i was like success would have been a great book launch mm-hmm. or seeing doing a book signing yeah, and because yeah, I didn't yeah. have those I didn't replace them with anything so okay. I do remember the a, a mild feeling for the first probably six or seven months until I saw it in a bookstore when we reopened I do remember thinking like oh it wasn't really a big success like I didn't right. feel like it was even though things went really well even though I probably had more sales than I expected because like I said more people were reading because I didn't have any of the metrics I normally would have to say something successful Mm -hmm. I was like and it because it I don't know it happened slowly and then when we did make bestseller like there weren't anything like there wasn't any way to realize that I think I did struggle a lot with wondering whether it was a success or not even though really the only thing that mattered was that one person who read it might have changed their decision about their self-doubt and gone and done something anyway that's all i cared about but i didn't focus on that enough and i think i got really distracted yeah that is super difficult to do i think no matter how much you try not to focus on the metrics that you know aren't important as such it's it's still you're only human it's hard not to kind of get caught up with that um was there a part of the book or like what's been the most um what's the word for it like the the feedback you've received from the book that you didn't expect to be as impactful or you didn't expect to be as kind of like something that people would, would reach out to you about if there has been any at all. Like did you go into yeah. it thinking like, oh, this part of the book is going to be what I get feedback about when people go this was great or? I think I just didn't expect it to last so long. Like I didn't expect it to be... I didn't know when I was writing it because we weren't in a pandemic when I was writing it. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how many of the things were in it about 
change and uncertainty. Like I knew you kind of know that stuff about self, anything vulnerable, you know that yeah. anything that you put in there that isn't about the highs and that's about the lows is usually going to be the bit that most people are like, oh my God, thank you for reminding me that you're normal <laughs> yeah. and that you had those shitty bits. Yeah. But I don't think I knew that having it come out like words that were written not in that context then come out in a time where people had lost their jobs. People had literally been thrown into the scenarios that I was trying to get them to gently push themselves into. They were thrown into those situations mm-hmm. of being like, you know, when I wrote the quote, um, there's a whole chapter on like when one door for one door to open, another has to close yeah. or like beautiful new beginnings are described as painful endings. I didn't know that half the world would get made redundant. Like I didn't know that it <laughs> yeah. was going to land on people yeah. in a time where they were literally in the shittest time yeah. of their life. I didn't know that those messages would hold up and still have something valuable to them. Like I thought, oh my God, I haven't literally acknowledged the pandemic at all. And it's coming out in the middle of it. Like no one's going to, nothing's going to be relevant to anybody. But to have it even two years on now, getting messages of people saying this got me through a really shitty bit mm-hmm. and helped me re-find my pathway when I had a really bad ending and I found a new beginning, Yeah, that surprised me. I'm like, I did not know. I literally thought that it was going to be people sitting at their desk like with a cute little post-it note, like making a tiny change and going, oh, yay. Like I, I put my hand up for like a committee or something, yeah. you know, and I got through the self-doubt. Like I didn't know that it would have deep ramifications for life paths i thought it would be thank you for helping me do the self-doubt i spoke in a presentation today kind of thing yeah so i think that's what surprised me the most that it translated through in such a big way a really shitty time Mm -hmm. and yeah which i didn't write for that i was like oh i kind of like know some shit yeah that i didn't know it's gonna be useful yeah yeah that's awesome though yeah i think um Something that I reckon a lot of people would be interested in when you say, you know, now you've transitioned more so into um, seize the A and, and as you refer to it, we'll call it an impactor. Yeah. <laughs> um, what does a, a typical kind of week look like for you at the moment? Because I know there's been a lot of changes even with the, the TV stuff as well. Yeah. Like what's, what's like a typical week look like within seize the A yep. separate to all that stuff? Okay, um, so messy, like even messier <laughs> than Matcha Maiden was because there's no limits and I kind of feel like that's, you know, so many people say have a product and I feel like you would understand this as well. So many people like have a product because it makes money when you sleep. Like you're, you don't need to be there. It's not doesn't depend yeah. on your effort and you're the, Passive not the income, phase. Passive income, yeah, yeah. Passive income, it makes money while you sleep, that kind of thing. I did not find any part of Matcha Maiden passive. Like none yeah. of it was just kick back the product yeah. sells itself. It was so complicated. And now I've had the opposite experience. Seize the A is just whatever I decide I want to do because mm-hmm. it's so all encompassing. It's just like, do I want to work on flip books today? Do I want to do content? Do I want to do podcast episodes today? I like that it's much more in tune with my energy and motivation and what I feel like, do, which is so indulgent. It's such a millennial thing to say. It's just like whatever <laughs> I want it to be. But I can't, I love that flexibility because my energy and motivation is totally different at different times of the week. So it's split between – so I host on Channel 7 now, which is amazing. Amazing, yeah. And those shoot days are super flexible. So they kind of will be maybe two days, two days in a fortnight, three days in a fortnight – um, that take up a full day. So that's like one part of my work. Then there's two podcasts. Seize the A is a podcast and then Feast Pod is a new one with Khan. With Khan yeah. That's just totally chatting shit. Seize yeah. the A is like moderate chatting shit and then yeah. actual chatting full shit. shit. Is, yeah. yeah, full yeah. shit. Like total <laughs> actual trash. Shit, yeah. Like it's actual rubbish. <laughs> um, but it's the best. That takes up a lot of the like this, – the thing that's consistent in each week is probably that. It's yep. like organising – 
the guests, writing the scripts, doing the research, making you know, getting the assets together, Kane and annotate where we are right now, doing all of the incredible assets, but getting that organized to post, like all of that mm-hmm. is probably the one consistent thing. So that's two episodes a week. And then in between, CCA has become part the products. So I have got like the quote books. Yep. I'm either like designing a new one or making new colours or getting new stockists or just organizing print runs of that. Um, but the biggest part of it has become speaking gigs. Uh Um, I just filmed my first online course with Entourage, which was like so nerve wracking, but so amazing to like the real, real impact stuff is those events or occasions to actually speak to an audience and then hang around for hours after and just talk to people about their life and where they're at. That's like my ultimate joy to be given the jigsaw puzzle of an event and a brand's identity and their message and all the speakers and then doing the tying to get like tying it in a knot is my favorite thing. And I feel like that's what I do on the podcast is get a guest's life and then tie their message in a knot for everyone. Mm-hmm. That's like my favorite thing to do. So being able to travel for that now, I couldn't do that when we had the other business. Yeah. So that's a big part. I would say like 50% of my work is getting ready or traveling for or doing an emceeing or speaking gig or like a podcast like this or yep. an online webinar or whatever. I did a webinar this morning for an mm-hmm. hour and that was absolutely incredible. And then the rest is brand partnerships, which is something that I didn't think would like it's the influencer work, but I really like that it's at, it's become something where it's not like one post for a product here and there. Almost everything is a year-long, a big, partnership. chunky partnership that involves producing podcast episodes for storytelling as well. So like one of them is L'Oreal, but instead of – I'm not a – Uh, an ambassador for L'Oreal products, even though I use them all the time and have my whole life. It's around corporate. So the messages, Mm -hmm. I'm like friends with the CEO and I produce their For Women in Science podcast, which is interviewing all that because L'Oreal couldn't, beauty couldn't exist without scientists. So they do this fellowship for like this Iranian battery engineer that I got to interview and like bringing the storytelling parts into those partnerships. Next week I'm heading to Antarctica with Intrepid because that's a random partnership that's come out of this storytelling, the idea that like let's tell stories about people's pathways that end up, like how do people end up working in the most remote place on the earth? I'm like, that's really interesting. What is a penguinologist? (laughs) Like I did not ever know that my like path yay idea, my fascination with people's stories would lead me to being able to interview penguinologists in like the most remote place in the world and then talking to the ship captain and weather experts and, you know, like that kind of partnership has become the other 50% of what I do. And that's like, it's it's influencer work, but it's like, it, I can't even On explain deeper, what it is. Deeper I don't really, level. Yeah, I don't yeah. really feel like it even has a name. It's like part podcasting, part storytelling, I MC a lot of those because when you work with a brand so regularly, you get to know their brand enough that you can then Mm -hmm. MC all their internal events and stuff like that. So that's, it's like such a joy. I feel like I have my dream job, but it's not a, it's not a job. It's like a thousand different jobs. That's awesome. From the uh, podcast perspective, uh, you and I were chatting about this in New Zealand, I believe it was, um, around a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Um, obviously you mentioned before, you know, we're very fortunate to have people like Kane and Amy and Annotate to, who, who help us out a lot now in terms of the production side of things. Are you able to, um, just for the audience, that, that particularly the ones that listen to CZA, go into a little bit of detail around like, I know you briefly mentioned in terms of the, the scripting and the, the mm-hmm. research around the guests and whatnot, but what kind of goes into from kind of start to finish an idea of having a guest on and then the final product when the episode is um, published? 
Yeah, so I feel like it works best when we've discussed this at length. It works best when you are a little bit ahead of schedule and kind of have (laughs) ideally at the start of the year or the start of the quarter or month or whatever, however, whatever way you do it, a list of dream guests plus a list of like a list of ultimate dream guests that are in the background, you're working on them. They take like years to actually come into play. And then your sort of list of guests who are dream guests who you can probably organize in the next little while. And you tell, there's a lot of work in the background, just organizing with managers or um, assistants or EAs, like trying to literally pitch the idea to someone, getting them to say yes, and then talking them through like what the podcast will involve. So part of it is just organizing in this month, who is going to be on it. And Mm. I, some shows don't need it so much, but I try and not have two real estate agents in one month or yeah. like two industries. So I'll yeah. try and have like a good mix of like if mental health is a um, a big topic, but I don't want to have two heavy episodes next to each other. So kind of working out which guest will be where over the coming weeks, mm-hmm. organizing the recording date and then booking this incredible studio and working out when you can actually record. Um, ideally batching that so that you have big recording days and then have a few episodes up your sleeve. Yeah editing the audio into something that like I've gone from really heavily editing to now I'm just so lazy. I'm just like, come on, like, chuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, pulling out snippets, which thank God Kane and the incredible annotate digital can do that for us, but pulling snippets out of the video to post, Yes. writing the intro and outro to like give the guests, you know, to do them justice in their story, then getting the audio back that's edited, putting it up, publishing it and then doing the post on social media Um, and there is a really streamlined way to do that. I would say I probably, and I also spoke to you about this, lost the love for CZA for a good six months of this year because I was not doing that. I was fitting it in as a last priority around everything, which meant I wasn't getting consistently, not, not that I wasn't getting good guests, but I wasn't consistently feeling like I did them justice because they weren't in a good order. I was recording the last minute. I wasn't doing as much research, um, but when you have enough time to write questions that dive so deep into their story, the big goal that I have, and I feel like you're really good at this as well, is we cut so much of the shit that you can find elsewhere. Yeah, for sure. Because you can like... Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, I feel like there's people who are on the podcast circuit have often done quite a few interviews. And if they're famous, it's like you don't need to talk about what their football career was because everyone knows that. You need to cut through that and then do the research on all the other stuff about them you want to talk to. So that also takes ages. I think from the guest perspective as well, it it leaves so much bigger of a mark on them. If they can leave totally. the episode going like, fuck, that was I genuinely enjoyed that. Because as you said, if it's someone who does multiple shows across the board, it's kind of like... Same, same. Yeah, and they're not going to put their 100% energy into it either in terms of sharing their story if it's just a repeat of all the shit they've already talked about. Totally. And, yeah, I, I find that very exciting as well whenever I have a guest on that has done multiple episodes across different shows. It's it's almost like that bit of a th- thrill or a bit of a challenge to sit there and just be like, what can we kind of dive into that, that would almost throw them off a little bit yes. or, or kind of get them to properly think. Because I've had guests and I'm sure I'm – have no doubt that you would be the same as well. Guests that will finish the episode and then reach out like a day or two later and go and like, thanks for you know bringing this up or whatever. It's like led to me doing X, Y, and Z or, or like yeah. starting to put some more thought to something that I had never really thought about before. And that's, that's awesome, I reckon, as well. Totally. And I feel like when they then feel like you care about who they are beyond yeah. the, the clickbait, basically, yeah. they 
they relax so much and they give you such better answers because they're like, you actually know who I am as a person. Like mm-hmm. you bothered to research me. So they tell you more and then they're proud of the episode as well. So they share it. Like yeah. you just get so much more out of the conversation and often a relationship that lasts and they'll come back on the show. And I've, I've noticed you do it as well, where there's a moment in every episode where you say something that they weren't expecting that you would have found yeah. out. Like you've yeah. got your nugget and you drop it and you watch them go, Oh, how the fuck did you find that yeah. out? And most of the time it's like on Wikipedia. I'm like, I didn't have to look very far. Like, mm-hmm. do people not do this for you? Do they not yeah. bother to look up like where you were from or what you studied or what you whatever? Yeah. Obviously not because they get like, and you see them just go, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you know what I'm all about. Yeah. So they just, do, they don't bother having to prove themselves either because they know you've researched it. So yeah. I feel like it doesn't take that long to go and Google someone's name and just find out a bit of random stuff. Like what, if they've got kids, just find out the kids' names. It's not that hard. Yeah. But the rapport that you get from that is it's crazy, so it? worth it. I think it also helps a lot in expanding your network post that interview as well because they'd be so yeah. much more willing to introduce you to, to, other, to people. other people within their yeah. network also. Um, what's something over the past kind of 12 months that you feel like you've been struggling with or an area of, of your life mm. or yourself personally that, you're really trying to put some time into improving or addressing? So many. I feel like one thing that's been amazing as a silver lining of the last couple of years being such a clusterfuck is I am by default someone who plans, likes to plan ahead. Like my mm-hmm. default position is organised. And yep. I, it's good, like it's good in so many ways, but... I feel like when you overplan, you don't make enough room for really cool shit happening. And because we couldn't plan at all from basically 2020 to the start of this year when we kind of had a bit more certainty that things were open and you could travel. Yeah. I went from like living on a – when I left Laura, I went from going from a five-year plan to like a five-month plan. And then in COVID, I went from five-month plan to like five-minute plan. Like I had no idea what was coming next. And Mm -hmm. I said yes to everything. And it was exciting to for once just be like, I don't know what I'm doing next month. Like I don't even have matrimate and I don't need a forecast. I didn't need a budget. I had no idea what country I'd be in next. Like it was Mm – really nice to relax into not planning anything at all the downside to that is once things open back up again which is so exciting and things like antarctica have popped up and like all the travel jobs that are happening is i've gone back very quickly even though it is on brand for me to be about not burning out i've been very quick to go back to yes to everything and then just like deal with it okay yeah like just say yes like even with the kick tour we my only way to really manage my energy is always have weekends, like at bare minimum a Sunday. Like Sunday I don't work. That's yep. my Unless I really have to. Mm-hmm. But for kick, we would leave on a Friday and come back on a Sunday or a Monday. And so my philosophy was, oh, well, I'll replace those days off during the week, which I absolutely did not do. Did not, yeah. I didn't protect them. I didn't put them in my calendar. All the things I tell other people to do, I didn't do Mm -hmm. because I was like, fuck, everything's so exciting. Oh, my God, I've got no (laughs) plan. And I feel like when you don't have any plan – It's amazing for all the things you can fit in, but then you just burn out and you kind of don't enjoy a lot of the stuff that you're doing because you're so tired and you don't turn up as your best self and you're not celebrating things as much. So there are a couple of things that I had something. I can't even remember what it was. When we came back from New Zealand, I didn't do my research on the time difference. So you know (laughs) I flew at 1.30 in the morning. Yeah, you did. And we got home at like maybe... Just after 12. So that was our that was our fault. Yeah, that was our fault. <laughs> that was our fault of like, so even that, <laughs> right? We had this night where we were flying out early the next day 
And in normal life, I would go home early because I knew that I was flying early the next day. But because I'm not planning anything and I'm becoming like way too spontaneous if there is such a thing, I A, didn't look up the time difference to know don't book anything on Monday morning because you're flying at 1.30 on the destination time. Two, don't fucking go out that night <laughs> because you need to be functional for like three important things the next day. I literally – like, oh, my God, anyway – um, but because I just didn't have a bird's eye view of everything yeah. and also because like part of planning is leaving enough time to allow yourself to be able to go out. Like I yeah. should have not booked anything the next day so I could <laughs> allow for the possibility that we would meet the inspired unemployed yeah. and want it. Like you and I are health and, you know, fitness and lifestyle. We're healthy. We're all about like body is my temple. But we have one drink and we're like, oh, my God, let's have 10. <laughs> like, because we don't do it very often. And it was so fun. Like, it was so much fun. We met them. They were the best. They were like, come to our Better Beer event. And, like, I feel like we also both have this, like, very sensible head on us. But then once we hear a bit of music and we're already out. Oh, yeah, that sensibility doesn't last long. We're like, let's fucking get on it. Like, yeah. rubber arm. <laughs> and you up. and I both just kept looking My at each other. arms are very rubber. <laughs> so like, if you imagine <laughs> one of those cars, uh, the thing out front of the car, yeah, the they flop around. That's my arm. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also that chick that wants to be in bed by 9pm when I'm a grandma. Yeah. But it's just, it takes maybe one drink and one good song. And I'm like, okay, let's stay out till tomorrow. <laughs> so at midnight, I was like, Danny, I need to be at the airport in an hour. Let's go <laughs> home. You know, I felt so bad the next <laughs> day because... No, 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 I didn't actually, kidding, actually it, wasn't, it wasn't your fault. I didn't even feel bad about that, to be honest. But yeah, you shouldn't. What I felt bad about the next day is that I went back home and we left the same time. I went to sleep until like 9 a.m. <laughs> and I woke up and felt so tired and shit. And I was feeling like, fuck. And no. I was um, in And then I remember I texted you saying, like, yeah. I was like, I'm I was just sleep. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, it was the best. You know, you got to do that shit when you're yeah. young and, you know, you can. But. I feel like there's been many times this year where that level of spontaneity and excitement and forgetting all the rules that I had in place to not burn out beforehand have yeah. probably cost me a little bit of enjoyment of things throughout the year of just being like a fiend for saying yes again. And and also like we've had a bit of a tough year emotionally. We've had a lot of things going on with Nick's family and we've been yeah. apart a lot. And mm -hmm. I feel like I also threw myself into work as a distraction. So pretty much everything I know about well-being – and that I tell other people this year, I was like, fuck it. Like, nah, nah, and nah just literally nah. Like what's the temp? Nah, yeah. I'm going to do a temp check. Like just going to be an idiot. Fuck it. Let's have an hour just sleep. Like, Why fuck not? It. Like literally all year has been like chuck it in the fuck it bucket. And then now I'm tired. So I'm like, now, now the fuck it bucket's pretty full. It's pretty, it's overflowing. Yeah. Um, all the way to Antarctica. Like, yeah. you know, it's literally made it all the way there. Half the land mass in Antarctica is from my fuck it bucket. So I feel <laughs> So I feel like that's been my biggest challenge this year. And then trying to navigate getting my body ready to have babies while my husband's in a different state. I'm like not making any time for that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, did you <laughs> just do an internal math on? No. <laughs> well, even if I did, you just fucked it for everyone, didn't you? <laughs> now everyone knows I should have just done it open. You should have just... I love an internal math yawn. Oh my god! I'm like, I I recognise that. I'm so glad you announced that. To absolutely <laughs> I just everyone. really wanted awesome. the listeners to know. Really that defeats you the purpose hide of it. this fucking ugly internal math yawn, doesn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, but, but like half my life this year, I've been internal mouth yawning at people because I just haven't yet. Obviously, that's been the thing I struggle with the most this year. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, before we uh, wrap things up, I'd love to actually 
Are you happy to dive into a quick little bit about the um, the the course, like the video course oh, and stuff 100%. that you that you've just kind oh, of gone into and what it's uh, what it's going to be about and kind of who who it'll help. hundred percent. Oh, thanks, DK. You totally. We're don't not going to have this in the episode. Don't. I just want yeah, okay. you to feel good about yourself. <laughs> good, good. Nah, <laughs> yeah. Mouth yawning's already. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That indicates the end of the episode. Um, <laughs> it's a so. I have for ages wanted to put the book into some kind of like modular exercise based thing. And then obviously I just haven't because I've been doing said challenges before. Um, And Entourage, which is I think it's the biggest training and like coaching business community in Australia who are pros at it were like, we would love you. We would love to help you write your, your first course, mm-hmm. like an online course. And I was like, Oh, well, I already have all the materials. This is amazing. I've been intending to do it, but I don't have the infrastructure. And that's one thing I think has been a huge strategy for pretty much everything I've ever done. That's been the reason why we could get here is not trying to do like, I am trying to do everything, but at the same time, if there's someone who's doing something better and it's their bread and butter, like mm-hmm. collaborating with them to do it makes life just, go so smoothly yeah and i don't know why i was even thinking that i could do it myself because i don't have the infrastructure to write it into a course and and host that myself so they were amazing they're like well this is what we do we don't do the material but we do the the back end so um i pretty much wrote a nine module course on start like from the conception of an idea for a business Mm -hmm. or a life change it doesn't need to be a business but some kind of big life change towards your yay Mm -hmm. and then working through all the nine things that I think are big barriers for most people to getting there with awesome. little exercises at the end. And then you can, you can buy the full course or you can buy separate modules and we recorded, we recorded it all in one day. Oh my God. I spoke for nine hours straight. It was crazy. Um, again, like didn't plan that yeah. very well. Um, but yeah, it went, I think it went live today actually. So the webinar this morning oh, amazing. was like a little sample of that. Cool. And it's, yeah, it's just me literally distilling and them helping me make it make sense. All the, sort of practical side of things. So the book's very anecdotal. There's a bit of practical stuff in there, but it's not so much like strategy A, strategy B, strategy C for self-doubt or for cash flow management or the back end of getting an investor, like those Mm -hmm. kinds of things of taking your business or your idea from something maybe part-time to full-time or small business to medium business, Mm -hmm. whatever that next scale-up thing is, and then to an exit. Amazing. Well, we, we will have the link to that course in the show notes and um, that's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. That's really kind. Pleasure. You did not have to do that little shout out. That's all right. It's what friends are for. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Lunch. See that soft spot? Checking the temp. Checking the temp. Just yeah. checking the temp. The temp is hot. All right. That's, that wraps us up, I reckon. It's been, uh, it's been very fun to catch up and we could literally just sit here and talk shit all day like we I pretty know. much do on all the... Every time we catch up, I know. but um, I think Kane's got stuff to do, so we Sorry, should probably <laughs> put him out of his misery. Uh, but thanks so much for joining me again, Sarah. That was really fun. Oh, thanks for having me. And we should do we should swap sides soon. Yeah, do, what do you want to sit here? Yeah, no, that's my bad side. Oh, okay, <laughs> fair call, fair call. Uh, well, thanks. And, and this is your bad side. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I haven't got a good side. Yeah, if I face the wall, then we yeah, might have a good you one. Just turn your chair yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We hope you appreciate Sarah coming on the show again and that you've enjoyed the episode. If you have, we'd love to hear your feedback. Uh, take a screenshot of this episode, post it up on your Instagram story. Um, and I will, for someone who posts it up on Instagram story and tags us, uh, I'm going to buy another copy of Sarah's book and send it out to you. So we'll pick one person. Buy, And we're going to send it out to you guys. Um, But thanks so much for listening and looking forward to chatting to you again very soon.